service, our Wednesday night service, and we've been talking about how to give yourself away, and why don't we just jump in and dive into the Word. Uh, we ended last week with a particular scripture in uh, Acts chapter 8, 9 through 23, in Acts chapter 8, 9 through 23, so I, I think I want to pick up there and then we'll pick up some momentum from there. Hope everybody's doing wonderful and fantastic. I heard some people said they're doing great. Good. Glad to hear that. <laughs> All right. Let's start here at uh, verse 9. We'll start at verse 9. It says, uh, but there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used so sorcery or trickery and, bewit and bewitched the people of Samaria, of Samaria given out that himself was some great one and to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest saying this man is the great power of God and to him they had had to him they had regard because that of a long time he had again bewitched them with sorceries but when they believed Philip's uh, Philip preaching of the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Genuine miracles and signs. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Now, now, now this is different baptism. Baptism, not baptism in water, but baptism with the Holy Spirit. It says, for as yet he, had, he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then, then laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that they, that through the land on apostle hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered the money, saying, Give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. It says, Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven forever. For I, for I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. All right, so we talked about that last week just from the angle of, you know, God endorses uh, servers, not sorcerers. Sorcerers, are, are, again, like this guy was is more like manipulating or uh, and his whole thing was persuading people with tricks to draw so, so he can gain a level of uh, reputation or a level of uh, status uh, so based on his uh, seeming like he was performing signs, wonders, and miracles. And so it was all about him. It wasn't about them at all. So that was a, he was a sorcerer not a server. And you find that a lot of times in the body of Christ that, 
you know, people are so caught up in, a, in being about themselves. They don't trust God to elevate them to different levels of platform. So everything is about uh, uh, witchery, trickery, wickedness. You know, everything, like, if, even when they do things for you, it's, it's a, you know, it's an angle because it's all about them. It's not like, like, it's not, you know, I heard uh, a former man of God that I sat on used to say, you know, doing things for people that can't do nothing for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing you can get in return. You don't need them to follow you anywhere. You don't need them to be on your team. You're just doing it because you love them. You know, just out of pure love. You don't know what they'll be or become at all. You know, saying not just uh, serving people uh, out of respect of person. Like, you know, this person, I might can get the hookup. All right, so, so, so that's the, um, you know, the tough thing and the, the caveat, you know, of living a life where we, we're, we're trying to learn to give ourselves away. Uh, but to give yourself away, you got to get past yourself. You got to take attention off of yourself and on God's people. Not for your benefit or your control like we talked about last week. Not you always dictating the narrative. You know, um, <laughs> you know, spending your whole time. Nobody's thinking about me. What about me? What about me? What about me? Now, that's not necessarily how you, we're operating when we're actually crossing over to the level of service we're talking about. We talked about last week the difference between a server and a sorcerer. You know, a service is an empower. It's all about empowering. It's not a, a envious, jealousy, jealous type person. Not an insecure individual. You know, not an insecure individual at all. You know, uh, that, that, that person that's a, uh, operating in, in a level of service or in the kingdom as God has designed, that person is not a hater, you know. You know, that person is not caught up in um, held captive by sin, separation from God. Separation from God, you lose sight of God. All you're going to focus on, like Adam and Eve, all you're going to focus on is yourself. And when you're focusing on yourself, you're going to hustle, wheel and deal, and you're not going to serve. Your motives will be off. Your motives will be off. So, so this is, this is uh, a main key for us as we move forward and try to give ourselves away. Like, we should never see ourselves above servanthood. We should never see ourselves above servanthood at a place in our lives where you know, okay, I, this is going to mess probably a couple of y'all up because some of y'all, you serve, but you serve, you compartmentalize your service. So I'm willing to do this, but I am, I'll, I'll never do that. A servant is a servant. That's all they are. A servant is a servant. When, when it's about your convenience, then it's, it's still about you. But a, a true servant, a servant that's... Uh, uh, Romans 12 says, uh, present yourself as a living sacrifice that's giving themselves away, not focusing on themselves at all. All right, uh, let's go to Matthew 20. See, we're dealing with a little uh, electrical interference here, so maybe it's because of the weather outside. Let's go to Matthew 20. We're going to start here at verse 26. Again, we shouldn't see ourselves as above servanthood. 
Is that right? I said Matthew 20. What are they? I gave you a sin. All right, verse 26. All right, just for conversation, I'll just start <laughs> at uh, verse 25. It says, But Jesus called them unto him and said, You know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and that they are great, uh, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. Verse 26, But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. That word minister means servant. Let him be your servant. Verse 27 says, Whomsoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. So the, the, those that's going to be great among you should be at a higher level of service. Those that are going to be chief among you should, should be at a higher level of service. In verse 28, it says, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered to, to be served, but to minister to to serve others and to give his life a ransom for many. So, of course, we know that's about paying a price, a particular price. So he says his goal is to give his life as a ransom for many, as a ransom for many. And so we got to ask ourselves, when we're saying we're presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice, we're really trying to lock into the kingdom, are we really giving ourselves away <laughs> are we really giving ourselves away so so again what we read through in those scriptures is when you operate in a level of leadership when you operate in a level of leadership uh leaders must first want to serve and that's the thing as a leader you must first serve to discover the reality of your own purpose as a leader you must first serve to discover the reality of your own purpose. And that's that's the most important thing. That, again, uh, uh, people are just dancing around here just you know because of feedback. So hopefully there's no Wi-Fi on in the area. Or or if anybody's around, keep their phones on uh, airplane mode. Alright, so so uh, leaders must first serve to discover the reality of their purpose. So a lot of times we want to operate in a level of purpose, but we have, what we have to do, we have to realize that um, the reality of getting into that purpose starts with us discovering that through service. The more we serve, the more we realize what we're purposed or what we're designed to do. Um, the more we serve, we discover what we're purpose and what we're not designed to do. I guess we'll switch mics here in a second because of the, uh, the, uh, the dancing static. So uh, just give us a, uh, a second here. What are you doing on camera? Just... <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry about that. Again, we're live, so we just have to work it out. All right, so, so again, as we said, leaders must first serve to discover the, uh, their reality of purpose. Again, but while you're serving and you're believing you'll discover the reality of what you purpose to do, you have to maintain humiliation and appreciation along the way. So at every level of service, you're maintaining humiliation and appreciation. 
It's one thing I love about Jesus. Uh, Jesus was never about himself. I'm here to do the will of the Father. I'm here. I'm not here for myself. I'm here to do the will of Father. Everything was about the Father. Um, so he maintained his humiliation, but he also appreciated at every level he was at. You know, I remember a young lady, uh, uh, Lauren, uh, a member of the church. We were, first fast week we had, we were just talking about, you know, the fast week kind of evolved. Fast week's coming up next week. But it evolved, but first week we was just like, okay, well, since we're fasting, might as well just come to church. Let's just see what happens. So I just had people give testimony. So Lauren said, you know, what I realized about my life is like God keeps doing stuff for me. But I'm so busy wanting something else or looking forward to what I want, I'm not appreciating what he's already done. And he's done so much. And so sometimes we can get so caught up in what we want, we're not valuing what we already have, okay? So you have to do that. That's uh, to, as you're trying to discover purpose. People want to discover purpose, then dive into serving in another's vision. That's what Joshua did, Elijah did. That's what David did. You know, and this is uh, something I also learned as I was growing in ministry. Every leader uh, needs a personal experience in different uh, different areas and departments, even in the church, you know, uh, because it helps you to better communicate and understand with people in those positions, you know. So, so like, so, so as me and Pastor Mel are pastoring the church, we relate to the people that serve in at different positions because we probably served in all of them. Uh, but if you have not, let's say, you know, I don't know, I, well, we both tripped and stumbled in the pastoring or just we like the title. We saw other people pastoring. We just decided we wanted to be pastors, but we had never experienced, you know, any level of service or, or went through the, 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 uh, the steps, you know, as the graphic, you know, go through the different steps. And uh, well, what happens is it's, it's so easy for us to be uh, arrogant, pompous, or take people for granted. Like, you should figure it out, make it happen. Like, you know, a person could come up to you and say, well, you know, I understand, you know, Pastor Keith, Pastor Mel, y'all want to do this, but I want you to consider this. Well, I, well we ain't considering nothing. You just, you just figure it out. Uh, I'm just thinking about a situation where, yeah, just figure it out. Well, you know, that's not realistic, you know, like, and so we understand that sometimes to a fault, you know, we don't, um, you know, we know we have a lot of volunteers. So uh, uh, my wife actually, sweet. Yeah, we was in a counseling session. So we was in the counseling session. So the person, uh, the wife was, her challenge was the husband does so much, he won't, you know, it's hard for him to receive help. Well, no. His challenge was, he said, well, I'm going to need help on how to receive help. So as he was talking, my wife was laughing. She was like, well, that sounds like you. You're always doing stuff. And when you start out at church and you have a bunch of volunteers, you know, you know, you got one part-time employee back there. But, you know, when you have volunteers, they're volunteers. They have families. They have lives. They, uh, they, sometimes they get busy. Sometimes they get distracted. You know, again, hopefully they'll be all in in their commitment. But the reality is they're volunteering. So I don't get so uh, overconfident that I got help that because if somebody forgets something and drops the ball, I just do it, you know. And 
but that's because I understand what's going on in that world. I don't. I'm not gonna get offended. I'm not. But you ain't no good. You ain't no servant. I ain't, we only roll like that. I just do it, you know. And uh, now I I got some heat from the wife, and I get some heat from other people like I'm doing too much. Um, so we're looking to get a break once we find people that uh, can consistently do some of these things. All right, can consistently and diligently do these things. You know. <laughs> So, uh, you know, it's a whole nother story. All right, so let's go to Second Kings 3. Second uh, Kings chapter 3. Let me make sure I'm not supposed to be spending all my time on this. Okay, we good. All right, so Second Kings 3, and this is... Uh, Very interesting here, because this is Elijah, and blood is dude. And he was serving. This is Elijah E L E L I S H A, who was serving Elijah E L I J A H. All right. In verse 11, we'll just start here, verse 11. It says, uh, but Jehoshaphat said, is there not a prophet of the Lord that may, that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the, uh, and one of the king, and one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, here is Elijah, the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah, which is basically saying, you know, he served him all that time. So they was like, well, you know, he hears from God because he served uh, his, his uh, basically, the person that was over him was Elijah. And you know the story, you know, he was serving him, and he says, well, you've been faithfully serving me all these years. He says, well, what do you want? He says, I want a double portion of your anointing. He says, okay, well, if you see me when I elevate to another level, you can have a double portion. And so as he was, he was following Elijah, you know, he was locked up because he's like, if you go to another level, I'm going to be there. Something I learned years ago, if man of God was preaching, I don't care where he was at, what town, I was there because I, I, I wanted to be there as God took him to another level because my philosophy was if I see him going to another level and I'm there, present, I go to another level. And so, so Elijah one time told Elijah, he says, okay, man, I'm about to go uh, over to Jericho. You just wait right here. He was like, no, man, I'm not waiting right here because you might go to another level. You might be elevated in Jericho. Then he's like, I'm going to Bethel, man. Just, you, you can just chill right here. He was like, nah, nah, I'm following you. Yeah, every time he told him, he said, man, you, you good. He said, no, I'm following him because he wanted to see him go to another level. And then he was, he was carried away and ascended. And uh, Elijah received the double portion of that anointing. So, again he was in service to discover his purpose. We're going to talk about him a little later. Uh, Luke 10. We'll specifically break down some things about Elijah, which is pretty powerful. But Luke chapter 10. Again, giving ourselves away. The scripture talks about so much of it. It's a different principle from how the world, because the world is dog-eat-dog. Um, it's about hustle. I was talking to a gentleman the other day about hustling, and he was like, man, you know, I, he was watching the message on a rendezvous with yourself. He says, okay, I want to be fulfilled. 
And he says, uh, so I, I realized from what you said, I got to get into the Word. He says, what else I need to do? And I said, well, if, 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 if you're living a life and you're not fulfilled, so I say this to everybody, everybody's watching out there or, or in here. <laughs> uh, if you decide you want to be fulfilled, you have to realize there's, when you haven't been living in fulfillment, you've been living in either one, one or two things, manipulation or hustle. Because fear has us either manipulate, you know, you know, young ladies understand that, you know, you bat your eyes, you know, you, you know, you know how to display a need to get, to get what you need. Guys, the same way, you know, how to say whatever you need to say. It's just hustle. So I told the guy, I said, you got to let go of the hustle. I said, if you want to be fulfilled, I said, in all honesty, you weren't even planning off of fulfillment. Fulfillment was a fantasy. Because if fulfillment was, is real, right, you won't hustle or you won't manipulate. You will actually do what God says to prepare yourself to receive what God has for you. With that in mind, we'll look at Luke I tell you, 16? Did I say 16? I might not have said 16. But Luke 16. All right, we'll start here, verse 10. It says, He that is faithful, consistent, faithful, full of faith in that which is least, is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust and much. So, so your measure is how you're handling the little, how you handle when uh, you may be participating in something that seems like it doesn't have as much value. But you're establishing your consistency whether it's a great platform or not. Verse 11, it says, If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous man, then who will commit to you the true riches? Of course, this is talking about uh, unrighteous man, but his money who will commit to you the true riches. Well, let's go to verse 12. It says, if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Right, so, so this is just a, a, a foundational principle in how to get your own. Um, um, it's saying being faithful in that which is another man's. And it's a real simple principle. Remember John Maxwell was saying in the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, he was talking about, you know, law of, of legacy, law of empowerment. But he was just, he was talking about, he had broke down the uh, coaching trees, Dallas Cowboys, because it's my, my favorite team, and then the uh, San Francisco 49ers. And he, he broke down, I think it was George Seifert, and I forgot the other, uh, Tom Landry. And he had broke down the, uh, all the coaches that was under them that end up being winners also. But they submitted underneath those coaches and went on to have their own. You know what I'm saying? So, so they helped, you know, Mike Holmgren helped George Seifert win the Super Bowl. Faithful. Behind the scenes, like you, it, you go back and look at the videos, behind the scenes. And then he ends up winning his own Super Bowl. You know, it's just, uh, we know this in our time, you know, everybody talks about Belichick, but Belichick actually was on the staff of Bill Parcells. He helped him to win a Super Bowl. He ends up winning his own. But guess what? He wasn't looking back. Those guys that helped those guys win Super Bowls, when they established their team, they wasn't looking over their shoulder because they were faithful, so they expected people to be faithful to them. So it's very hard for you to, to think that people are going to give you, be all in and help you. I, I use Super Bowl since we brought it up. Win your Super Bowl, right? And you ain't helped nobody win nothing. Okay, all right, just 
See, that went over well. Guess, you know, she's a little silence back there on the camera. You know what? <laughs> I feel you. All right, so 1 Peter 5. Let's go to 1 Peter 5. <laughs> it's true, man. You know, right now you're you're preparing. You're, 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 you're already establishing your team by how you are on the team. I just let that sink in for a second. You're already establishing your team by how you are on the team. Everybody that's on your team will be a reflection of how you are right now. Just think, just think about that for a second. Let that <laughs> marinate. All right, so 1 Peter 5, 5. It says, likewise, ye younger. It says, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. It says, be clothed with humility. It says, for God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Look, that he may exalt you in due time. Verse 7, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you, for you always. Right? Um, for he cares. For, verse 8, I'm just going to read it. I didn't have this in my notes, but it says, be sober and vigilant." Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. This is but the God of all grace, who has called us unto eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After that you have, look, suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. All right, so... so this is all merged in the same scriptures. Humble yourself in the sight of God. Uh, be clothed with humility. You know, be subject unto one another. Then right after that, hold. Be sober, clear-minded, diligent, consistent, and disciplined because the adversary is seeking who he may devour. I guarantee you he's snatching up people that are not locked in the service. You know, that's, only, that's the way he got um, uh, David. Remember, David was supposed to be out there fighting. He... He back at the house, just looking out at the window, out the backyard, and end up falling for Bathsheba and then got her husband killed, right? So it's something when we're consistent in service. Scripture tells us of Philippians 2, verse 5. Well, actually, let's go there because this, this is Jesus. Jesus is a great example of this. Philippians, Philippians 2. It's a great chapter just to consistently read. All right, uh, I have listed for you verse 5, but for conversation, I love this starting with verse 2. It says, fulfill ye my joy. Now, the scripture saying, fulfill my joy. This is how you fulfill my joy. That you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Well, what's that one accord one of mine looks like? Verse 3, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, selfishness, right? It says in lowliness of mind, lowliness of mind actually means humility. Let each esteem other better than themselves, right? Then verse 4, look not every man on his own things, but every man. How many? Every. Every man also on the things of others. Verse 5, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. 
And which mind is that? Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Look, Jesus never made it. There was no effort in him trying to get his own rep. It was all about giving, giving himself away, being obedient to God no matter what the situation is. That's how he served. He served out of obedience. James chapter 4. Let's go there. James chapter 4. Well, how do I know I'm serving? Being obedient to God. How do I know I'm obedient to God? Harmonizing with his word. How do I know I'm harmonizing to his word? You would have to get into his word to know you're harmonizing. You know, if you ask anything according to his will or his word, you have the petitions you desire. Well, that would be good. You would have to get into his word to know how you harmonize with his word. So James 4.10. Look, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. I love that scripture because the scripture didn't say humble yourself in the sight of man. See, that's that whole uh, uh, false humility or is that what, I think that's what my wife calls it, false humility. You know, how you, you're acting humble when there's an audience, right? So there's an audience, you, 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 you look humble. You know, you, you, uh, you're making forth effort. Uh, hopefully the person that hears this, if you're watching this, you won't take it personal. I won't say your name, but I remember somebody used to, I used to be around this, uh, this uh, man of God, and he would do he would do a good deed, but look around to see if anybody's watching. <laughs> you know, you know, humble yourself in the sight of God. Man may not see it, but God does. And it says He'll exalt you in due time. So the key is, if I want to be exalted by God, all I got to do is stay humble in His sight. So that's a heart thing. You know, that's not a pretense thing. You know, it's not a front thing. It's not the form of godliness. See, this is, this, is, this is a key. I, you know, the Lord gave me this. So I thought I'd share it with you. He who lifts you up is responsible to endorse your elevation. So, so if God exhort, exalts you, he's responsible to endorse your elevation, galvanize the resources, support, the favor, the connections, and everything. But if you lift yourself up, God's not responsible for that. You know, we could be, I can't believe God didn't come through. God's going... So let me get this right. You doing your will, and you mad at me because I didn't come through for something I didn't tell you to do. So I'm tripping. Because <laughs> yeah. my word says if you do anything according to my will, you can have the petitions you desire. I, I don't know what you're doing, but that, that ain't got nothing to do with that. But see, that's what we're expecting God to exhort something because we feel good about this and my cousin told me this, you know, this is the move. And, and, and my cousin did it and he blew up. So I figured I'd do what my cousin did. And I'm doing it because my cousin did it. And, you know, I don't see why. I mean, I ain't trying to kill nobody as if that was an option. I ain't stealing from nobody as if that was an option. I ain't hurt nobody as if that was an option. You know, so you want, so God's supposed to endorse it because you ain't killing, stealing, and hurting nobody, which you ain't supposed to be doing anyway. And God should endorse it because it feels good to you. But God doesn't move based on our feelings. He moves based on our obedience to his word. 
All right, so, so God's not responsible um, to endorse that. So it's not our place or our place isn't to choose a calling we desire for ourselves, but rather to serve and be called for service. So our place is not to choose uh, a desire for ourselves. So, so, so we talked about Elijah earlier. The interesting thing in Elijah's story, Elijah was called from service. So he was doing his daily task when he was called. Uh, so, so what happened was Elijah, E-L-I-J-A-H, Elijah, you know, he basically had took out the prophet. Jezebel had uh, said she was, you know, hey, somebody do it to do it to me also if I don't take out Elijah's life. I'm taking him out. He took, got all my prophets killed. And so Elijah, I don't know what he was thinking. You just took out 450 prophets. God showed up miraculously. Jezebel threatens your life and you run to a cave and you're like, take my life, take my life. She's trying to kill me. But anyway, God says, okay, listen, man, obviously you're under a lot of stress right now. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to, I need you to go anoint a new king. That was Jehu. He's going to take out Jezebel because I'm, I'm, I'm a little tired of this mess. And he said that I wanted you to anoint, um, I think, Haziel. You know, he was going to be the next priest. And he says, then I want you to take your mantle and drop it on Elijah. He's going, he's going to be the prophet um, that's going to take your spot as basically because I'm about to elevate you. You remember he was translating. And so when he goes, he says, he says, go find Elijah. He says, Elijah, he says to drop your mantle on him. So he's, he's going by, he's got his mantle, his anointing, and he goes by and he drops the mantle on Elijah. Now, now back then everybody understood what that meant. This is the prophet. He dropped his mantle on me. So that, that, that means I'm next in line here. And so he, when he dropped the man on him, the, the scripture says he was serving. Look, he was plowing. It says it was like 24 oxen, not an ox. This dude was diligent, consistent. He had everything. They said he was, he was working with the 12th at the time. He said when the man was dropped on him, like he was serving. Like he wasn't going, man, one day Elijah's going to come by and drop his man on me. You know what? I think I'm going to be, you know, I always wanted to be a prophet. I think I'm going to be a prophet. He wasn't focusing on being a prophet. He wasn't focusing on Elijah's mantle. He was focusing on serving. And he found him serving and dropped that mantle on him. He got up. He said, hey. He said, he said, yo. He says, I know I'm supposed to follow you, but I need to go take care of the people first. So Elijah turned around and said, man, I ain't got nothing to do with you. So you see, what was dropped on him was the mantle of chosenness. He was chosen. Just like the same uh, thing happened to uh Abraham in, in Genesis 12, and Abraham, uh, uh, God said, he said, he said, what can I do for you, Abraham? He says, leave from your family. Leave from the compliance to the momentum how you've been flowing for years, your dependence and everything. You're a rock star with your family. Everybody loves you. You've been so compliant. You got all the rules and details down. Like, you know how the, the, the Hebrews operate and everything. He says, but leave from your family. Go to a place I'll send you. He says, I'm going to bless you there. I'm going to bless them that bless you, and I'm going to curse them that curse you. What he was saying is, uh, the Kamash says, is Kamash is a Jewish writing of the, the, the first five books of the Bible, the Torah. And the Kamash says, Abraham was being told, go for yourself. Basically, you have been so faithful in another man's, it's time for you to get your own. See, the whole point is, you ain't, the scripture says, be faithful in that which is another man's God to give you your own. It says, you didn't say you're going to be faithful in another man's forever. 
There's nothing in the Bible that says that. Even Jesus endured the cross because the glory that was set before him. He was looking forward to something. So here you have, you had Abraham, that mantle of chosenness was on. What God was saying is, you're no longer compliant to, to these tutors and governors and these rituals I've established for you. Now your, your compliance is to me. You're straight obedience to me. Like not the, the, the family traditions and all that. This is the same thing that was happening to Elijah. He was so diligent. Matter of fact, if you, you, you finish reading through the scripture, I may have it. I think I have it for you here because we, we got to discuss it again later. But it's in second, it's in, uh, First Kings 19. Uh, we'll get into it later. But what it, what it is is he, he actually went. Okay, these oxen is how he was living. These oxen is, was, was producing everything they need, provide for him and the family. Right? This was his dependence. He left what he was dependent to and said, hey, the kingdom of God is my dependence now. Right? And, you, and, and, and the way we know it is, he killed all oxen, boiled the meat, and said, hey, y'all can feast on this for a while until y'all get up the strength to go plow yourselves. That's what he said. And then he went and followed the man of God until he received the double portion of the anointing. And I guarantee you, people was like, man, is you out your mind? You following that dude? What you, you ain't got nothing. Until he start walking in power, right? All right, so that's, that's just a, uh, an, an example of Elijah was called from service. He was doing his daily tasks. And then after that, he continued to serve. When he was called, he didn't stop serving. He was called, he just served at a greater level. See, see, a lot of times we have these uh, exalted concepts of the call of God. You know, it's, it's great privilege and honor. We understand that. Um, but it's a call to service, man. Like, like we, we think it's a call to being a rock star. You know, it's a call to being pop. Hey, hey, you know, I, listen, I've had, you know, you know, sometimes it bothers my wife because I am a servant. And so I'll get into arenas where, you know, if it, if, if we if we want to look at status or accolades or accomplishments, you know, my wife understands there's a lot of things I've done I don't even ever talk about. But this person, these people would be almost like, Keith, you need to treat me at this particular level because I've done this, that, and the other. And so I'm going to tell you on the inside, I'm going to be transparent. On the inside, I'm like, are you serious right now? Are we really serious? I said, if you really was, was walking in, in the value of what you say you are, you would never say it. The Bible says, let another man praise thee, not with thine own mouth, not with thine own lips. Proverbs 27, 2. So if you really was so sweet, you wouldn't say it. You would be it. Obviously, it's making you mad, right? If you, really was, if you really was sweet, you wouldn't say it. You would be it. You know, there's one thing I used to practice, play, not used to because I still play, practice basketball. Get them in the net. So you run in your mouth, okay, just, just, just listen to the buckets. You know, I don't have to say nothing. The buckets will be speaking for me. <laughs> right? So, 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 <laughs> so it's probably bothering you because you're like, man, that's why he was, he might have that look on his face and he probably didn't take me as serious. I might take you as serious because as soon as you open your mouth, you reveal your heart and you reveal that, Obviously, you don't understand the kingdom of God. Okay, all right, so that's a little side journey. Uh, <laughs> see, it's a call to service. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 7. 
It's a call to service. But see, the world will mess you up when you try to operate in godly positioning with a worldly mindset. The world will mess you up. You'll misappropriate something that's very... Listen, you actually had an opportunity. Okay. Listen, anytime you have an opportunity to do anything in the kingdom, anything, man, that's a privilege. So if you look at it, so it's humbling because you're on the team. Like, so no matter what level, it's humbling. It's humbling. Like, God, God's allowing me and Pastor Mel to pastor? That's humbling. That is not, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Because uh, uh, <laughs> I, I was thinking through it before I even did it. <laughs> and I don't think I'm ready to do it now. <laughs> but but <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My mind is going going quick. Like my imagination is I got quick recognition. But you know, it's gonna, I can't do it now. Never mind. Just forget it. Just just forget. <laughs> you know, maybe if I calm down, I'll get back to it. All right. So First uh, uh, Corinthians seven twenty. It says, "Let." Oh, this is beautiful. It says, look, it says, let every man abide in the same calling where he is called. So, 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 oh, well, let me just read the rest. It says, art thou called being a servant? Care not for it. But if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. It says, for he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's free man. So when, you, when God may call you to something, but you're in the process of serving, but, but you may be serving, but you're the Lord's free man. It says, likewise, he, he that is called being free is Christ's servant. I said, it says, you are bought with a price. It says, be not, uh, be not ye the servants of men. Key word there is, be not the servants of men. Brethren, let every man wherein he is called, therein abide with God. So what it's saying is like, even when you're called, because listen, because my little pet peeve is people walking around with calling like it's a badge. You know, walk around with, yeah, yeah, I'm called. Yeah, basically the Lord called me, you know, he's calling me, you know. Man, listen, with all due respect, I'm saying this respectfully, stop, okay? Can you just stop? Because it's not rare to be called, but it is rare to be chosen. Uh, it was Matthew 22, 14. I know I'm jumping it. I'm probably jumping ahead, ain't I? Yeah, I am jumping ahead. But I have a tendency to do that from time to time. Um, all right. We're going to get to Matthew twenty two fourteen later. <laughs> all right. So I could show some discipline here today. So, so, so this is, this, this is the thing. When God calls you and I, I used to use this with juveniles when I worked in corrections. Uh, I gotta stop calling them juveniles. The young men that I work with in corrections, uh, cause they used to always talk about purpose and stuff like that. I said, listen, God calls you and you want to have McDonald's. He calls you to, I don't know, be an NBA. He calls you to whatever. He calls you to a different platform. You still got to be faithful where you're at. God is just showing you how, where he's taking you. But you got to allow him to do it. Listen, uh, Joseph in a thousand years couldn't have orchestrated himself being a prime minister of Egypt. There's nothing he could do. He couldn't go, yeah, uh, name's Joe. Yeah, I'm applying for the prime minister's job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I'm not an Egyptian, but it's a mute point. I got a good resume with my Hebrew people. So you, you'll put me down or what? 
you know, you'll look out for a brother or what? You know, I'm trying to, you know, hey. Or, or like, you know, you behind the scenes, hey. So, like, I just want to know who's the prime minister, man, because I'm a, you know, I just want to get around him so I can sabotage that dude so I can move up. There's nothing Joseph could have done in his own strength and his might to be prime minister. Nothing Moses could have done to lead millions of people. Nothing David could have done. David was tending sheep. Look, he was serving. He was found serving. Even when they called the, Jesse's sons to anoint the next king, he wasn't even called. It wasn't like, they, they anointed somebody to be king? Oh, oh I'm definitely going to be there. No, he still was out tending sheep. And the, 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 the most valuable thing is, even when they called him, when he was called, the scripture says, abide faithful. They called him, anointed him. What did he do after that? He went back and started tending sheep. He didn't stop tending sheep and go, okay, yo, yo, so uh, is, my, is, my, is my castle ready? No, he's tending sheep. Then he, look. And we know he was still serving. Even when he was called near the castle, he was called to play the harp. He wasn't even called to fight. He was called to play the harp. He heard Goliath end up taking Goliath out and, and, and was allowed to be a soldier. He was allowed to risk his life. He still wasn't king. And then when he got the throne, he got one tribe. He got to serve one tribe, not all the tribes, because he didn't want to serve the, the tribe and compromise. It's like, okay, we'll let you serve us. You just gonna have to, you have to change the rules. And my wife was talking about this the other day. She was like, you know, uh, heirs, I mean, we, we, it's God's church. So we can't compromise what God says. It might not be cool in the world. Trust me, there's a whole lot of things in the world we just can't do in church. Right? It might be, oh, there y'all go. Super holy now. There y'all go. Oh, see, that's, see, that's legal and all that. Okay, guess what? Same deal. David was like, well, tell you what, I'll just take one tribe then. If, the, if, if, if I got to compromise what God says, I ain't go through all this stuff to compromise. Listen, I ain't go through all this stuff to compromise. I didn't wait all this time. Pastor Melanie, Melanie hasn't waited all this time to serve God's people to compromise. Listen, we could do anything than compromise. But you don't go through all that to, 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 to be allowed the privilege of serving God's people to change the standard to convince everybody. And everybody got a different standard. Like all of, you know, if, you, if you, the, I don't know, the total roster, I don't, you know, it's, it's kind of fishy. But the hundreds of people that are part of the ministry, guess what? They are, everybody got a different way of doing things. How about we just do it God's way? Some people are going to get there quicker than others. Some people are going to believe quicker than others. Some people are going to question things. Some people are going to sabotage themselves for a while. Some people are going to get it when they get it. But guess what? We can't change it. Right? We can't. Uh, well, some people have a different attention span. Well, that's fine. Attention span is not DNA. Attention span is something that everybody can change if they choose to. But if they excuse their attention span, nobody's going to change. See, you know what you're serving God is? Your, your, your brain and your mind. You're serving him the opportunity to stretch it, to grow it, to enlighten it, to move beyond places you wanted to go. Every time you get in his word, you're serving the kingdom. Okay, all right. I guess I got a little emotional about that, but, you know, I just, you understand. <laughs> all right, so, so 
this is the thing. Everything that we do involves people. Whatever, whatever platform you believe you're going through, it involves people. So if you want to get into purple people practice, purpose people practice. So the people that's involved in helping you in whatever your purpose to do, those people, and you want to get in some practice to, you want to practice how you're going to be a leader in serving those people, hey, try serving now. You want to prepare. See, some of us want, know what we want, but do you understand all the people that's going to be involved in what you want? Are you prepared to handle the people? Ministries, businesses, all the uh, teams get crushed because of people. The team is already happening. It's already manifested. They, they got all types of, they, they didn't have uh, AFL, XFL, all types of stuff. It started, but why didn't it continue? People. It was people. So, so the person had the resources to begin, but, made, but would it take something to serve the people to keep it going? All right. See, that's going over well, too. Right? So this is the thing. You know, um, a lot of times we can get super religious. Uh, I didn't say super spiritual because I don't think it's such a thing. I think spirituality is super. But we can get super religious, you know, uh, uh, practice, religious practices and stuff like that or, or you know, saying all the religious lingo because we're waiting on the call of God to do some great spiritual task, right? And I, I want to say this. Please get this. And I, 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 I forgot to do it because I was busy, but I wanted to put it on the screen. If you want to hear the call of God, you will find it in a place of service. If you want to hear the call of God, You'll find it in a place of service. So while you're waiting to do this great thing, you're not serving. So if you're not serving, you won't hear the call of God. And that's how you find people 50, 60, 70 years old. They'd be like, man, I just knew I was supposed to do more. Yeah, you were. But it started with you serving now. Not wait. Yeah, I'll serve when, uh, you know, like, oh, oh, I got this revelation. I'm going to hold this to, you know, I do this great sermon. Now, that revelation might be for the person you just, you just, uh, ran into at the grocery store. But you, 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 but everything is what, you know, you got this idea, you can't give it to the kingdom. Well, you know, I got to hold on to this idea, so when I do my thing, I got this idea. Okay, we'll, we'll just, we'll see how that works for you. We'll see how that works for you. Because what's going to happen is everybody around you will be holding on to their ideas. They're holding on to their precious seed. And so now, even though you're operating in what you, you're supposed to do, nobody's pouring in to what you're doing because you didn't. You didn't give your best, so they're not giving their best to you. All right, so, so let's, uh, Matthew 24, let's go to Matthew 24. You know, we're, we're, we're looking for so much, but, but we're not giving enough. Matthew 24, verse 46. Look, it says, blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Look, blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Right? Blessed, highly favored. Remember, we talked about the blessing is like a, it's like a, you know, I'm, 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 I like the old school Get Smart, but I know they had a new one. But Get Smart, the music, dun dun, dun dun And he'd be like walking, dun dun, dun. And every time he walked, a door would open. Shoo, shoo, 
you're emotion activated. But see, that's, for me, that's like that favor out in front of you. You know, you walk in and that blessing, that's what blessed is, blesses out in front of you, open the doors. Dun, 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 dun. And all the doors is just opening. Every door in your life is just opening because you're blessed. But it says, blessed is that servant when the Lord comes shall find so doing servant. Elijah was found doing. David was found doing. Will the Lord find you doing? Or just chilling, complacent, hustling, wheeling and dealing, freelancing, right? That ain't doing, right? You know, so, so you have people that want to be evangelists, preachers, healers, um, you know, spiritual leaders, giants for God. But, uh, but where are they when there is simple things? Audiovisual, church cleaning, gardening, singing, ushering, phone calls, tithing. Just doing the simple things. Like, so everybody's looking to do this grand thing, but they're not consistent in the simple things. And then they're going to get to this grand thing and need people to be consistent in the simple things to make sure what they're doing stays alive. But people won't do it because you'll reap what you sow. You aren't doing it. The simple things. Like, like, like it's, it's amazing. Like, it's, it's, it's just, you know, a little pet peeve of mine. So, so if you show that you're responsible and faithful in the service of the little tasks, guess what? Perhaps you'll be trusted with bigger things. Perhaps you'll be trusted with bigger things. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 4. 1 Corinthians 4. See, we, uh, all this is teaching us how to give ourselves away, which is God's principle. And he told us in Romans, present yourself as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice is not something you visit. It's, it's what you, you breathe that. I, I, it's not at your convenience. See, when somebody asks you to do something that's not at your convenience, your service has just begun. Your service has just begun. If it's only at your convenience, are you, is it from the heart? Does it cost you anything? Or you, I'll look out for you. I'll do that for you. I, okay, God, I'll do you a favor. All right, I'll do that for you. That's not the right attitude. All right, so 1 Corinthians 4, verse 2. It says, moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. You know, I, and I always think about this every time I think about being discovered doing something. When I worked in corrections, you know, I was, uh, uh, what was the movie? Is it Mr. Deeds or something? I know it was a, a movie where uh, the dude had a butler, and every time he would look around, the butler would be, <laughs> like, you just be showing up. Shoo, shoo. Well, I used to try to be like that in corrections, like, because the whole thing about corrections is if, if, if you're not thorough, it'll be chaos all the time. So I wanted to make the kids think Mr. Bradley could show up anytime. Like, so we better be found handling our business, you know, because ain't, you know, like when I was on stat on shift, I wanted them like, you know, he could be showing up anytime. So that makes them want to. And I'll do like random, random searches, random everything. I just did it for a consistent period of time to a point where we'd be like, man, why he on shift? Let's just not do nothing. Right. So so this is the scripture says, are you found faithful? I live in faithfulness. So I'm not under stress that, man, is he coming today? I don't know if he's coming today. You know, well, maybe I should do something today. Well, can I chill today? This, that, no, I'm, I, I live faithful. So when he shows up, he's going to find me faithful. Right? It's just something I live to be. 
Uh, the, there's another version. Um, I forgot. Uh, I didn't write the version down, but it says, now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. So it is required as stewards to be found faithful, but those who have been trusted to prove faithful. So there's even more of a requirement when you've been given trust. Will you stay diligent, consistent, and faithful, or will you get overconfident? So it's one thing when you're not trusted yet. So, so there's a level of faithfulness that says, you know what? We could trust that person. Not the person saying, you could trust me. People don't go by your, 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 your words. They go by your actions. Then when a person gives you trust, now there's another level of faithfulness there. This says, once you're trusted, are you proven faithful? Now, now, because see, the temptation is when I have something, especially men, men are conquerors. When they conquer something, they have a temptation to relax. So, so, so your gauge really to look at people is when they have something, when you've given them a position and see how they operate. Some people are consistent on the climb, but inconsistent in, at the arrival, right? And so this is what this is saying. Uh, uh, I'll just give you the scripture. They'll, they'll give it to you. Uh, Psalm 19, 14. I believe that's the, the, uh, I believe that's the right scripture, but it says, uh, David said, keep, keep me, Lord, from presumptuous sins. Presumptuous means overconfident. So David understood, like, man, I, all this is mine. Like I, like, like, I say go, they go, and come, come. I'm the king. Lord, Lord, you got to keep me away from being overconfident. Because I got to stay faithful even though I'm in, in the position that I, man, I've been waiting a long time to be in this position. But that's what I said. There's a level of humility when you've gone through a lot. See, you appreciate stuff. I watch Pastor Mel. She appreciates every little thing that's involved with ministry because she's gone through a lot. I try to appreciate everything because I've gone through a lot, right? Not, yo, 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 I'm pastor. What's up? Nah, man, nobody got time for that. Like, I, are you kidding? There's so much to do to serve. You know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and that's the thing, like, like, that's why I gave you that picture of Elijah, 1 Kings 19, 19 through 21. Like, he was so diligent in taking care of those oxen. You know, he was so consistent. He was found faithful. You know, he maintained his level of service. So God's solid leaders um, back then, when you think about Elijah, you think about, uh, I told you, David and Moses. And, and you know, Moses like, see, see, we got some people now in, in 2020 when God would say, hey, man, I want you to go talk to Pharaoh. I got this, ain't no problem, bro. What? What you need me to do? I've been waiting for this for a long time. I'm, I'm in it. Moses like, hold on, man. I'm like, really, I'm like immature when it comes to communication. I'm like a child. You know, and I, I've been stuttering for a minute. Like, I'm not just trying to go out here and represent you, and I'm not going to come correct. Like, he, like Solomon, he was the king already. What you want? Most of you, most, 2020? Listen, man, I need some bling. I need some things. You know, I need some status. You know, I need, hey, I need a million likes. Make that three billion likes. Uh, let me see, you know, I mean, I just need, just a, I need a, enough money to keep boosting my likes. 
right? So, but Solomon was like, give me wisdom, give me understanding. His whole flow was different. I want to serve. So, so this is the thing, like God's leaders in, in, in his kingdom weren't fighting to be up front, but were the ones in the back called to the front. Wasn't fighting to be up front, but was in the ones in the back called to the front. For the sake of time, I'll give you Luke 14. Luke 14. Actually, I ain't going to cheat you. We'll just read it. Luke 14, verse 7. This is familiar to some of you. It says, uh, and he put, put forth a parable to those which were bidden when he marked how they chose out the chief rooms, saying unto them, when thou art bidden of any man to a wedding, to be married to what you purpose to do, sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honorable man than thou be bidden of himself. See, a person that sits up there sees himself more highly than he ought. It says, and he that bade thee and him come and say to thee, give this man place, right? And thou begin with shame. Notice it says, give this man place. So we're in a position. We've jumped to a position that we weren't worthy of. And now we, we're going to be removed from that position. And that's the hardest thing to touch your dreams, taste your dream, and fall from. Most people never get it back because they, they have the, the taste of the, uh, the humiliation, the extreme humiliation. That's why you let God exalt you because it's something that won't be temporary if you do it the right way right? Because you prepared to handle it, right? It says, uh, it says, but when thou art bidden, go and sit down at the lowest room, that when he bade thee, uh, verse 10, he bade thee cometh, he may say unto thee, friend, go up to the higher. Then thou shalt have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. But whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and that's made low. Right? It says, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Real simple principle in the kingdom of God. And, that's, and, and the people in God's kingdom back in the day, they understood that. They're just like, God got this because they, they lived a life mindful of God, not mindful of media, mindful of God. The scripture says in Matthew twenty-two fourteen, 14, it says, many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. It's not a rarity to be called, but it is rare to be chosen. You know, right? and, and the reason why, same deal that we just said. The person that's trusted with something, how do they handle it? So people are called. They know they're called. They know they're recognized. They're being trained and prepared. Some people carry that with their arrogance. So they're never chosen for that greater level that God has for them because they couldn't even handle uh, the, the Keeping it real, in God's eyes, the menial promotions along the way. Everything was like a, a puff up, a, a pomp, like, yeah, you wish you were like me. Are you ordained? Like, come on, man. <laughs> there's many ordained, but there's few chosen to fulfill what God wants to do to impact this world. Okay? I just think about that, you know. Um, as we keep going. So any leader or mature man or woman or God must serve at every level of elevation. Must serve at every level of elevation. And that's why I like, you know, uh, I, I don't have it for you, but when you have time, you could uh, look it up uh, because it's pretty much the whole, all four books of Ruth. If you just look at Ruth, my Ruth was rolling with Naomi. 
all the, all the sons died. Put it this there was no hope around for her to get anything. That's what I'm talking about. Serving and nobody could do nothing for you. Naomi couldn't do nothing for her. Naomi even said it. She's like, listen, Ruth, I appreciate you hanging with me, but I think you and this other young lady that was married, my other daughter-in-law, y'all need to go roll out and find a man. I ain't got no more sons. Like, you can, ain't no benefit serving me. And, and Ruth was like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna serve you because I, just because. She stayed with her, she traveled, end up going to her hometown who the main guy was Boaz. And even then, Boaz found Ruth serving. She was, yeah, she's taking care of the wheat. And the trip is, if you go and look at the story, Boaz said there was some land to be purchased. He says, man, I can't purchase this land because of my integrity. He says, but what I could do is I could have purchased for my, my kinswoman, which was Naomi. If Ruth wasn't connected to Naomi, he says, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to purchase it for Naomi and you. He says, hey, he, he said, y'all see what I'm doing right now. This land is purchased for Naomi and Ruth. And he says, and I'm buying Ruth for her to be my wife. But that's all because she was serving faithfully. Right? Ruth, one through four. You can read it through for yourself when you have time. All right, so uh, I think that's enough for today. <laughs> That's enough for today. We can stop right there. Um, just uh, how to give yourself away. Uh, you know, we want a lot, but it's, it's, it's what we want is waiting for us to give a lot, to be all in, to empty out. All right, so, so uh, I'll give you guys a few minutes because I know there's somewhat of a delay. So for, for people to call in and share what stood out for them, what they learned, what they realized, um, how were they impacted, so I want to hear from you guys, any thoughts that you may have. And uh, if you have a thought, somebody bring you a mic. <laughs>